Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> hey little sister, what have you done? Hey little sister, who's the only one? Hey little sister, who's your Superman? Hey little sister, who's the one you want? Hey little sister, shotgun! It's a nice day to start again. It's a nice day to talk wrestling. Hello, I'm Michael Hanslett from What Culture, joined by Phil Chambers from What Culture and Andy Murray from What Culture to turn this regular weekly car crash into an even bigger one and of course all that's gone on in wrestling this week. But before we get into that, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We interview Raw, Smackdown, AEW Dynamite, NXT, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more round wrestling roundtables and a discussion of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. And I've not completely lost my mind trying to fill Wilborn's shoes. Phil, I'm talking about Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins getting married. We think, we assume. Genuinely took me a while there because you were singing it. And all the way through, I was like, why the hell is he singing this? <laughs> and then right at the very end, I was like, oh yeah, they got married. <laughs> it was like sort of, I think it's the nice, nice wedding songs. I was like, wow, it really is ages before he says wedding in this song, but I've committed to it. <laughs> I've kind of got to stick with it. It was playing in my head. They've uh, they got married, we think. That was what Seth said online. That's about as much as we've had yet. That was as much as we kind of got in the news. But like with this last bit of relationship admin done, marriage, babies, more importantly, does this mean we can finally start looking forward to Return of the Man in WWE? You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? There's been a lot of teasers over the like last few months, like some teasers way too early for her to return, really. <laughs> uh, but we've seen all the pictures of her working out, the rumours of her being at SmackDown, was it? Or, and training at the Performance Centre and things. It seems to be yeah. slowly ramping up and like maybe we're going to get there. And I, I really hope she gets back at some point soon because the women's division on both brands needs a huge shot in the arm and she will be with the one to kind of bring this. Yeah, I remember just before she left and like myself and the fellow daddy Michael Cedric and Murray, we kind of enjoyed... Um, truck stuff jokes at Becky's expense. But is it fair to say, Murray, that like this division, as Phil notes, and WWE in general, is in need of like one of the last great stars they actually created to come back and bring some of that momentum she had before she walked away? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think like, you know, the truck stuff and kind of the, <laughs> the diminished coolness of, of Becky Lynch a little bit towards the end was probably just a consequence of her being in the same place at the same time for too long uh, in a company that has uh, has 40 different writers, uh, <laughs> TV backgrounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, like thing, things aren't particularly good. For, for women's wrestling in WWE across the board, really. Um, I mean, Raw is Raw's really egregious when you think of who's at the top of that division. You think you've got Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and Rhea Ripley. It's like you should be able to book the best women's division in the world, really, around that free and supporting cast members and people coming up and down and stuff. Um, and, you know, they've literally missed an open goal. The feud, the Ripley-Charlotte feud should have been so easy. You beat me last year. I'm not happy about it. I'm going to get my win back. It's really easy. Um, why do they both have to be heels and, and fight Nikki Cross for two minutes? And now there's a superhero and they're dancing on tables. <laughs> What's likable? What's going on? And uh, yeah, they haven't 
done a particularly uh, <laughs> a great job in maintaining Bianca Belair's star power since WrestleMania either. So it, it desperately needs somebody like Becky Lynch, somebody who, aside from the truck, um, has been largely immune. And, you know, the Seth Rollins romance stuff on TV wasn't good either. But beyond that, she's been kind of immune to to mm. bad writing and everything else. Uh, and I think that now she's been gone for over a year. There's there's such a huge clamor. You just, you, you go back to, to the her taking the time off and there was people in like January going, hey, what if she shows up in the Rumble? And it's like, brother, she gave birth four weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a biology article here for you to read. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the longer it gets, the more realistic it gets. And she had her fun taking the piss out of all of us uh, ahead of WrestleMania with the mm-hmm. Night 1, Night 2 stuff. So um, we need her. Uh, everything needs her. I think the first SmackDown for, for, with, with fans seems like a realistic starting point for me. Yeah, like just a wrestler that sort of seems perfectly placed to be one of the most to benefit from the return of the audiences as well. It's somebody that like people haven't really had the chance to get bored of in this Thunderdome era. She pretty much disappeared at the start. So it's like the timing could have got perfect. And obviously many happy returns from all of us at What Culture. Genuinely, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. More nice news from that household, which, you know, it must just be nice for Seth to get those kind of notifications on his social media apps rather than the ones he probably wakes up to most Saturday mornings. Um, Murray, myself and Phil did the SmackDown preview this morning. Um, we're talking about Seth Rollins' ex-Shield mate, Roman Reigns, and his upcoming headline match with Edge. Um, I guess linked to Becky Lynch potentially returning crowds, WWE have kind of pulled out one of the best possible insta-main events they had for the first big pay-per-view back with an audience. Yeah, they have, haven't they? Um, I think it's a bold move. It, 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 it they, they kind of benefit because the pay-per-view is not far away. It's, what, two weeks? Two weeks? Yeah. So it's like you only have a couple more episodes of TV to go. I think it's a bold move because this program was really, really flat before Daniel Bryan was added to it at WrestleMania. Um, so I would hope that the writing team have looked at what failed with that and why Edge wasn't resonating particularly strongly as a hero until uh, certain other people got involved and learned from it and come up with something a little bit better. And the angle went over really well on SmackDown this week. It was it was extremely well received. Uh, I saw nothing but praise for it when I woke up uh, on Saturday morning just before I watched the show. So it, it's it's a great one to have for you know what is like I, I hate to call Money in the Bank a B level pay per view, but it's not a big four pay per view. So no. like. B plus, B plus pay-per-view. It's a great one to have. It's another kind of legendary figure for for Roman to knock off. Um, you know, we hear all the talk of of your John Cena's and your Brock Lesnar's and your Rocks. Edge is a good guy to have in that kind of hierarchy. Uh, and yeah, and I just hope they're able to maintain the fire uh, for for longer than they were last time. I Edge, you, the character does need some retooling. A gritty old guy uh, who who just is back and is so determined and and is a CrossFit dude now. It's not it's, it's not as engaging uh, as when he was, you know, the most charismatic man on this entire show uh, pre-retirement. So, looking forward to seeing what comes of it. But I am a little bit trepidatious. I think Edge. Um, I will say this, for what we anticipated would be a huge response for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, Edge got most of it. I think having like some fans in attendance, they were clearly still pleased to have him back. And maybe what we've perhaps taken a little bit for granted, because almost all of his comebacks been in the Thunderdome or in the empty PC, is that loads of people want to pay a ticket to see Edge because they never thought they'd have a chance. And I guess even though he's been back over a year, that's still, you know, that novelty still exists now that the audiences are just filing back in. Phil, from the little dog on your lap, to the big dog of WWE, <laughs> um, Roman Reigns, Edge's Money in the Bank opponent, sort of inadvertently declared himself the best wrestler in the world in some comments on a podcast. That's not meant as inciting as I think that might sound, or indeed like the headline might be. I think he it was, you know, partly in character, but certainly partly just a genuine confidence as well. What do you make of those remarks and the fury it's set to generate over the upcoming days surely on the the typically toxic wrestling discourse i think he knew exactly what he was doing um in riling up fans and calling himself the best wrestler in the world um i think i mean he's in this position at the top of wwe absolutely with the amount of work that he's put into this current run and this character and this storyline and the care that he's put over it um but at the same time like he's it's the whole thing sounded like it's kind of that 
in between the line of going full kayfabe um like your actual like personality yes he's like this confident guy behind the scenes but then the little bits of the kayfabe like the head of the table kind of character mm-hmm. seeped into it and the sort of cocky arrogance that kind of comes with that um but yeah he knew what he was doing with these statements he knew it was going to get people talking whether they agree with him whether they disagree with him it's getting people talking about him and that's surely the entire point <laughs> yeah i think like it's 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 one thing to be obviously on wwe's highest rated show and be this major star within that world but who knows how big that world is at the moment WWE's numbers across the board have generally slipped it often doesn't feel like there's much buzz about this product other than the roman reigns story interestingly enough um you can listen to more on that by the way with myself and andy murray on a podcast that's dropping this weekend not just about roman reigns but about other candidates i guess for people that we could could be considered the greatest wrestler in the world some of those come from aew's roster of course they had a Pretty substantial and quite important dynamite this week. Um, It felt like a return to the form of old after a a kind of a difficult month of these shows being shunted to a Saturday. Um, Murray, what were your, you do obviously ups and downs for the What Culture website. What were some of your prevailing thoughts of this sort of almost daily's, I know they're back in August, but this uh, daily's place finale, certainly one they pitched it as. They were kind of, wrestling has a tendency to do this. They were sort of drawing a line under the pandemic a little bit, but really what they were saying was, this is the end of our time in front of no fans. We're going back on the road. It was all incredibly sweet. If you've seen on Twitter, somebody's put the Creed music over the top of it. And I was a broken man watching that on repeat at about midnight last night. But uh, yeah, like quite a, this felt like almost like a a B-level pay-per-view dynamite for AEW, even though it wasn't one of the branded ones. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, w- I was going to say they didn't put the music they chose for the video package wasn't quite butt rock enough for me, so I hated it. <laughs> uh, no, it was. Um, it was a vast improvement on recent weeks, just from start to finish. Complete, just rewind to what the show can be at its best. The past month has been really rough. Like I know we've heard the oh well, they're just waiting till crowds come back, and you know they're in a holding pattern and all this stuff. And there's maybe an element of truth to that, but at the same time, the, the, I don't think there was any real need for that degree of slump. I don't know if we needed to to have so many shows with so lacking in like marquee matches and you know vehicle we've got vehicle destruction segments and you know other sports entertainment trappings and hey here's seven interferences it was quite disheartening really and because you know dynamite when you know we watch it on a thursday morning or whatever when you wake up it's a nice little shot of adrenaline it's usually a popping wrestling show it's energetic it's it's dynamic it's everything else these ones just kind of um, they weren't awful shows but they they weren't giving me any kind of positive vibes put it that way <laughs> aside from the old you know kenny omega versus jungle boy here uh it's a good show this week really good show i did not like at all the Britt baker deal with vicky guerrero and uh and rebel and, and everything else but aside from that it's kind of hard to to look at any major flaws in it it was bookended by two excellent matches uh eddie kingston and penta versus the bucks and uh what on earth was the main event mgf versus sammy guevara it feels like that match in particular, the main event, could be a nice, hopefully, a writing point for the pinnacle versus the inner circle, which has kind of been one of the worst things about this past month or so. Um, it was it restored a lot of faith in the process for me. Um, it was a joy to watch. Hopefully, this does signal the return of you know these these energetic, fun shows, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this what this show looks like on the road again i've almost forgotten it's been so long um then the video package was incredible it was just tremendous stuff um i mean if you don't feel something when you see negative one in his suit with the tnt title you might want to check that you're still human um daily's place was uh, lord knows where this company would be without daily's place available to them i don't think that they'd have sustained their momentum as well if they were doing it in QT Marshall's gym all the time. Um, the aesthetics are very important. We saw that with WWE in the Thunderdome. Um, as soon as they moved from the Performance Center, it was like, oh, people are interested again. Okay. Um, I've rabbited on and on and on here, but in summary, it was a good show. Yeah. No, I think like worth laboring on Daily's Place because I could say it was a mix of luck and good judgment, wasn't it? Because it's one thing that they had this venue on the side of a 
Um, like an, a lovely amphitheatre on the side of a football pitch that was theirs, but the fact that it was inside outside as well, of all the things that could take over the world, it was something that you couldn't be inside a place with a roof on. So the fact that the building had no sides to it was kind of ideal for what they were doing. Certainly it felt marginally more ethically sort of <laughs> approved than WWE sending them all to a gym without testing them or whatever those horror stories were of this time last year. The Daily's Place video, obviously, like, again, brought up a lot of, like, real and nice pro wrestling emotions. Uh, Phil, what kind of were some of your sort of prevailing memories of, I think we can all sort of safely agree, was probably the best version of pro wrestling during the pandemic. AEW came closest to to mastering this crowdless pandemic wrestling. What are some of the, the highlights in the Daily Place era for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just going back through that sort of 15 months, it's kind of insane how many like moments to fit into that within the 15 months and within sort of a pandemic era. And it's not until you sort of beat, see a video package like that and you go back and you go, oh yeah, like all this loads of stuff like, did happen and it has been actually quite good. Um, but I mean, you've got to go back to like sta- um, Stadium Stampede right at the very beginning of it all when we all desperately needed some kind of pick-me-up <laughs> and um, escapism from what was going on at the minute. Uh, and that just came at such a perfect place to just bring a little bit of joy into people's lives. And I think that's going to be the sort of standout thing from that sort of venue as a whole. Um, but yeah, the video package itself, absolutely fantastic. All getting all the uh, John Huber stuff in there is just really, really nice. And it's just it's just a nice package in general of just like, look, guys, like we've done this over the last 15 months. It's been hard at times. But we've got through it and we've got some great memories. And now let's all join together and go back out on the road and do some bloody good wrestling. Yeah, I think as you say as well, Murray, like it's easy to forget what normal crowd shows look like. Even these dailies play shows with fans, everything still feels a little bit like a compromise. Love this. Arenas with four walls and a roof. And yeah. there's fans everywhere compared to like one side or split chairs or whatever, things like that. He's a lunatic man. Like, I'm like, I've got a little bit of fear of dogs. I've made that no secret on podcast before. I'm a little bit scared of this Zoom call. I think that's like, is he in your house or is he around my ankle? Shut up. I, I He's in the really... house, but someone's outside. Shut up. Come in here. Hey, salty. Come on. Like, felt Shut like, up. I felt like nipping at my legs while that was happening. Are you sure he's not on me? Is he on me? Um, this is one that like might have flew under the radar a little bit this week, such as um, the lack of conversation and buzz around NXT sometimes. But it's more what it represents, I think, than anything else. Bronson Reed, uh, in a in a great match against Swerve Scott, lost the North American title in something of an upset. It was a match announced on the night. Um, but the kind of the bigger takeaway from that was that uh, Reed, along with Karrion Cross and Scarlett, separately, hilariously, had um, tryouts on the main roster or in the Thunderdome or whatever version of that is. And it feels like Bronson Reed is uh, possibly going to be making the jump. And that is why they've taken the belt off him, not with the person he was feuding with, and rather quickly and in this impromptu fashion. And it's led, obviously, people to believe that he's going to be gone, along with Cross and possibly Scarlet. And could this be a return to the format of old? Um, The idea of your NXT favourites going to the main roster never to be seen again. Obviously, that has some pros and cons because you get guys in the most tightly booked of the WWE products suddenly appearing under the pencil of Vince McMahon. But it could be a benefit to NXT as well. There's felt like a bit of a logjam at the top of the card over the last few years. Murray, what do you make of this like seeming return to the mould we had pre-Wednesday Night Wars? Yeah, I mean, for me, like on a creative level... There's there's a real need to freshen like the top level of the NXT card up. I'm not sure moving Bronson Reed on is is a Weird solution one. there. It's a strange one because he doesn't feel anywhere close to like like stale or anything to me at the very least. But maybe someone on the main roster has just seen something they like in him, and he's very talented, so it's entirely possible. Um, but it does feel like they're engineering his exit. Um, but and this isn't a slight on the the wrestlers, but your your Johnny Gargano's and your uh, Adam Coles and Kyle O'Reilly's these these guys are extremely talented but they've been there playing the same role for years now years and years and years very similar roles um, you know Gargano's turned heel and Coles turned heel and face and everything else but for the most part it's I, I've seen them described as 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 a, the, like the NXT version of the Miz and it's kind of true yeah. um, they're obviously very skilled but 
you you want things freshen up. Like the appeal of NXT always was, oh, look at this new wave of young up and coming people. But in the main event scene in NXT in particular, it's this kind of revolving door. It's been that way for a while. You've had people like Keith Lee come in and carry and cross and mix things up just a little bit, but only just a little bit. So I, I sincerely hope so. I sincerely hope it is because there are people training at the performance center who I'm sure are TV ready and could do a great job. They've signed loads of people this year already, dozens and dozens um, that are waiting to be brought in. And we've seen some new faces come through, you know, your Sarays and your Zoe Starks and uh, various other people. Uh, but the thing I always go back to is that you know, you see the Triple H comments on these investor calls talking about it being a third brand and all of this stuff. And it is, it, you know, needs to, to, draw ratings basically to to ensure they get another tv deal at the end of this one so i'm always a bit apprehensive of saying that yes this is going to be a big change they're going to send everyone up and they're going to bring a new breed through i'd love to see that i think that'd be very exciting um but i do feel like we're going to see them continue to lean on some of the veterans on that brand at the very least yeah, that trip, it's funny you mentioned the Triple H investor calls. He was kind of like, he was so flattened by various questions that were coming his way in the last one that he kind of made up old takes to like inform his own argument. People always used to complain about guys cycling off NXT. No, they didn't. Oh. Like you've completely invented that, Paul. We really missed that. Um, Phil, you're the kind of resident Johnny Gargano lifer in the What Culture <laughs> offices. Um, not just Gargano specifically, but Gargano and his ilk. Um, how would you feel about them being made to swim in the shark-infested waters of the main <laughs> roster um, versus kind of like staying forever on NXT? I, I kind of I'm more in line with Murray's thinking strictly because I don't want a tire of these guys, and yet I found myself kind of getting like bored of all of them. Like, what's your take on Gargano, and especially considering it looks like he could be the one possibly to take this NXT title of carrying cross, but like he's one of several that you could do with seeing get a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, absolutely. I think when Gargano first went in, I was very, very excited because I was a massive fan of him from like Evolve and Dragon's Gate USA and stuff. Um, and so I was really excited for him when he first went to NXT to see what he'd do in NXT, but at the same time, terrified of what would ever happen if he did go up to the main roster because he's not a very large man, let's face it, and we know what Vince likes. Um, but that was back when he was facing like Andrade and like the early stages of Tommaso Ciampa and all the DIY stuff and things like that. And that was a really long time ago now. <laughs> um, and yeah, like we say, he's been there for a long, long time. And we talk about all the time about the main roster needing new faces and needing a, a bit of a change and, a, and like a bit of a mix up. And it's, it's not just the main roster, it is NXT as well. Like I think putting Finn Balor down there was a great shout for when they first went to TV and things like that. But even like a Finn Balor position should probably be a rotating position. Like put Finn down there for a year or two, um, like help out the new crop, bring a bit of like uh, name value down to NXT, but then maybe swap him out for like a Kevin Owens or something like that. Um, and like just continually rotate. They do it one more in SmackDown with superstar shakeups and the drafts like every year, maybe not to the extent that you might sometimes want. But there's nothing like that for NXT. And even in the drafts, NXT hasn't been included for ages now. Um, so I think they're definitely at a point where things are getting a little bit stale. There's definitely room to bring up new people from the Performance Center. Obviously, now they've got rid of a huge chunk of the roster through um, Raw and SmackDown uh, and NXT and 205 Live and every bloody thing else in WWE. Uh, there's space for people to move up now. And I think we just need to start rotating it all a little bit, not just on Raw and SmackDown, but through NXT and through the guys in the Performance Center as well, like NXT. The whole point of it originally, maybe not so much anymore, was that it was developmental. It was getting people time in front of the cameras to learn the sort of WWE way so they're ready when they do get called up to foreign SmackDown. And if they just stay in the performance center and just like eventually when NXT goes back on tour, like they'll get all the new people on the live shows and things like that. But if you don't get them in front of those cameras, they're never going to learn that side of the business, which let's face it, especially in WWE is such a huge side of the business. Um, so you need to start rotating these things and otherwise sort of the the joy and the appeal of all of these sort of our favorite indie guys going to NXT it's just going to start to sour when you just realize that it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah I, th I think that there does seem to be like a general consensus take on that as well no matter how much you like the guys it's this endless thirst for new faces in like WWE system, especially because the system is so rigid. At least when there's different people in there, it feels different for yeah. a bit. And um, you've, got to, you've got to say as well, like 
when as, as scared as you might be for like your favorite guy to go up to the main roster hmm. um like there are still moments when it does work obviously there's a lot of times when it doesn't work but you've got to give these chance guys a chance to sink or swim you've got to throw them in the deep end just to see what happens like where would Kevin Owens be if he never got his shot on the main roster? Like Sami Zayn, if he never got that match against John Cena or whatever. Like you've got to chuck these people in there to see how they do. Otherwise, then they will never grow, uh, progress as, um, as characters and performers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. I mean, yes, you've given me a perfect segue there because in terms of progression as performers and indeed a new face, we weren't expecting one of those to be Otis's without a beard. (laughs) And that has now extended to getting rid of that long hair as well. Um, An aggressive like look alteration, an aesthetic alteration for Otis. Phil, as our long-standing SmackDown correspondents, will you tell me that everything's going to be okay with the Alpha Academy, please? And they've not just made a physical fool of Otis yet again for no good reason, because I'm getting increasingly worried that he's going to be on this like next list of names on another dark day. I, I honestly don't think I can. I've no idea what they're doing with the Alpha Academy. When it first happened, like... Well, one for one, it made no sense because he was in a perfectly good tag team before that you just happened to break up for no apparent reason and then get rid of one of the guys also for no apparent reason after drafting them and never having a payoff. Makes no sense. Um, but then you put him in this tag team and you're like, okay, heavy machinery is great, but that, that, that's gone. Like, let's look at what we've got here in front of us. We've got two very talented guys. We've got someone really entertaining in Chad Gable that can make all this sort of goofiness like work like you don't want to put him on that level, but like early Kurt Angle, like the sort of goofy side in the promos, but then could still back it up in the ring. And you're like, okay, maybe we'll get some good like vignettes and backstage things of them training. And it could be some really entertaining stuff leading to like an eventual tag title run. And then you got like maybe one vignette on SmackDown. You got a couple that were WWE.com exclusives. Um, you got some good stuff in there with Daniel Bryan when he was trying his best to put them over as much as he could. And then you kind of got nothing and you got the same old WWE doesn't give a crap about tag teams booking when it actually came to the matches and just 50-50 wins and nothing ever meant anything. And then they turn heel and you're like, okay, right, something else. Let's like something else. You can put a bit more emphasis on this and you can move them forward. And I'm just not sold yet. I think Otis is like, he's made the sort of physical change in the way he wrestles. Like he's got that. Uh, aggression that they always talk about and things so like there's something there and Chad Gable kind of willing him on through all the bad stuff that he does like that again could still be really entertaining but you've always got in the background 
WWE doesn't care about tag teams and look at the tag team division. There's like four teams and that's if you're including the Usos at the minute, which aren't exactly within the tag team scene, even though they had those couple of matches back. And it's just until they, A, get more tag teams in the division to actually make it a division instead of a couple of teams and B, put some emphasis on the storylines and actual some direction to it. I just can't put my faith in it yet. It's a uh, new look Otis will always have a place in my heart because um, after 16 months, a bit of a personal aside, I was able to have like my first day in the new What Culture offices just yesterday. And one of my prevailing memories of that day will be Andy Murray going, hey, Hamlet, look at this. And it was just a picture as we sort of recoiled in shock of Otis chopping his locks with his shaved face. We're like, Jesus Christ, what's happened? Now, Murray, yeah, as much as we were shocked by this yesterday, um, his heat's already gone because Otis could come out tonight, frankly, with green hair. He could come out in Nikki uh, Cross's superhero outfit and it wouldn't make a difference because tonight could be the debut of Happy Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could. What a great reason to tune into uh, WWE SmackDown tonight. Happy Corbin. Um, man, what a, ride that, what a ride they've taken this guy on from his early days as a greasy receding hairline biker guy to coming up as the main roster as a greasy receding hairline guy. <laughs> Uh, becoming a constable Corbin and getting publicly blamed for all of WWE's modernly modern failings, and then he wins King of the Ring, and he's a dog food guy <laughs> um, for two years, and now happy Corbin. I am absolutely fascinated <laughs> to see what this is going to entail. Adam Nicholas speculated when we did the news video that it was going to be an Adam Sandler golf gimmick. Um, oh. I would be here for that. I mean, if uh, if stealing a hat and stealing a water pistol constitutes a gimmick for Ricochet, then golf can constitute a gimmick for Happy Corbin. Um, Have you guys seen the WWE like .com uh, exclusive video they put up with him? Is this him sulking in the backstage area because he's lost his crown? <laughs> yeah, but he's like he talks about how he's like lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in investments and how he like used to be a wealthy man, but now <laughs> and then he just kind of goes quiet and puts his head in his hands. So the explaining away that weird bit of the oh Baron Corbin was really rich gimmick. <laughs> to, now he's just a poor man who's lost loads of investments. And oh. lost his crown and lost God knows what else. His crown. I used to be the king. Literally, yeah. it was weird. <laughs> out of the royal family. Oh no. <laughs> what 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 are they gonna do here then if he's if he's so down on his luck? Is this gonna be like a really uplifting mental health storyline where <laughs> maybe it's like, oh, I don't need money to be happy. Like money never brought me happiness, but you know what does? Ice cream sandwiches or something. And I'll finally bring back the ice cream sandwiches and it'll be Baron Corbin's face. <laughs> with, uh, Bronson Reed goes to NXT and wins the million dollar title on his first night. <laughs> I'm, I'm back. King's back. I, I, happy Corbin, Shorty G, Wobbly Walrus. Hey, Fox, thanks for your billion dollars. Never tired of them being the preserve of SmackDown in particular. SmackDown undercard's got a lot to answer for at the moment, hasn't it? Between Happy <laughs> Corbin and, and Weird Otis. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, who knows what's going through these people's heads, man. Look, we've uh, we've reached the peak of the wrestling week. And if I know anything from listening to hundreds of Adam Wilborn's introductions, it must be time for a hashtag bloody good quiz. However, I understand that the jingles actually only exist in his head. They're not actually played out live. I've never heard one in the flesh before. So we don't have a jingle this week, but we do have a piece of feedback to sponsor this week's Bloody Good Quiz, which is going to be provided to us by Phil Chambers. Wilborn, I understand, is just taken to go into whatculture.com and finding the nearest ones you can. But you've yeah, got or having people send him them. He's just given up oh. entirely. But I have, I have gone out there and I have found us 10 questions and I can tell you this, it's a bloody good quiz. Well, it has been... Um, this quiz will be sponsored by a big fan. It's John NY Buncher Numbers, who's given us one star with a review titled Too Much Focus on Bashing WWE. I don't know where he would get that from. We were just full of praise for Happy Corbin. Like, uh, <laughs> on, big happy John NY Buncher Numbers. He says, I've been listening for years, but the anti-WWE talk is nauseating. The only thing worse than watching Raw is listening to the review the next day. You guys used to be great. Sadly, that's changed. Thanks, John NY Buncher Numbers. Enjoy Happy Corbin tonight. Enjoy uh, Otis with his shaven face, teaming with the former Shorty G. Thank you very 
very much for the one star review. We're so popular that it hasn't even knackered the algorithm. So one nil to us. Anyway, I love how within that as well, he's bashing us for being negative about WWE and then proceeds to be negative about WWE, saying like the only thing worse than more is you guys. (laughs) Positive about something he doesn't like. Shouts to you, John. Hope you're hope you're having a good day. He's definitely <laughs> listening. He's definitely, definitely listening. So thank you for that, John. <laughs> oh me. Oh me. So yeah, the quiz. Right. This is it came off of an idea from last week's Wrestle Culture, but I have been going through loads of the old WWF magazine personality profiles. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and I have a quiz based on these. So just normal format, like shout out your name, uh, whoever answers first gets the, uh, gets to answer, blah, 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 blah. And it's all just, just for fun, like Wilborn says. So um, each question is about a different wrestler, a different personality profile. Um, but you've got to think this is back in what sort of mid to late 90s. So it's okay. that kind of era of wrestler. So these, that's the kind of mindset that you need to be in. So the first one is about Shawn Michaels. And I want you to tell me which one of the following is Shawn Michaels' secret talent. Is it A, acting? Is it B, football? Is it C, dancing? Or is it D, chicks? (laughs) (laughs) We were were both waiting for like staring at your hands, right? That was uh... (laughs) the dramatics. Um, D, chicks. It is not chicks. Oh. I can say chicks was actually one of his hobbies. <laughs> so his, he actually listed his hobbies as chicks, hanging out on his boat and lying in the sun with chicks. <laughs> but like no chicks on the boat. He's very clear about that. <laughs> no chicks on the boat. <laughs> can I have the options again, please, Phil? You can. Is it A, acting, B, football, or C, dancing? Well, it's not bloody acting, Jesus. <laughs> I've seen his post 2002 run, so it can't be here. Um, I'll, but then again, I've also seen him dance, and it's only Vince McMahon that like pops a stalk for that one. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go dancing. Dancing is the correct Get answer. <laughs> Nobody would move so badly, but with that much confidence without thinking <laughs> they were good at it. <laughs> I can also say his other secret talent was being a great cook. Oh. Okay. Is that C-double-O-K? Acting was also the thing he'd do if he wasn't a wrestler. That's a good wrestler. Yeah, that legacy's right there. Question two. So this one is all about Hunter Hearst Helmsley. This is pre-DX, pre-Triple H. Uh, so which one of the following is not one of his hobbies? Is it A, fast cars? Is it B, fine dining? Is it C, being himself? Or is it D, women? the <laughs> <laughs> <a> click, man. <laughs> Hamlet. Being himself. It is being himself. <laughs> being himself was actually listed as his greatest thrill in life. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's never changed, has it? Just look at it. Like, every day wakes up, yes, I'm still me. <laughs> Screw you, you can, I'm still <laughs> He also listed his favourite sport as women playing polo. <laughs> Somebody tell Stephanie this. Question <laughs> three. <laughs> So this one is all about Val Venus. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't know what would be worse, current day Val Venus or... or, or this is true, this is true. Shout out I will to the say, alcoholics amongst us. <laughs> I will say, uh, before I say the question, the border around his personality profile was just a bunch of purple sausages. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> My certainly <laughs> rhymes with what? A, a penis. <laughs> so I want you to tell me what is Val Venus's secret talent? Is it A, karate? Is it B, having sex? Is it <laughs> C, video games? Or is it D, carrying a dozen donuts with no hands? <laughs> Andy, D. <laughs> it is D. <laughs> Slotting them round his pinner. Is that what he's doing? 
<laughs> now we know where the now we know where the brand in Krispy Kreme came from. <laughs> are we talking? Are we talking the ones with the the cream in the middle? That's terrible. <laughs> 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 American pie, but it's just a donut bloodbath. <laughs> Big Valboski's coming for your bakery, boy. <laughs> uh, I can say that both karate and having sex were listed as its hobbies. Oh, God. Karate? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he doesn't play video games because he doesn't play with joysticks. Uh, I don't know. He knows what he's doing. He means his cat. <laughs> I love the idea of like Mark Henry's donut order arriving and then the boy's just playing hoopla with him and Valvinus before he got there. <laughs> I know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, question four. It's 2-1 uh, to Hamlet. So question four. This is The Undertaker, but there's a little bit of a twist on it because it's as told by Paul Heyman because they, they couldn't get the, the Undertaker to answer the questions himself, it seems. <laughs> so I'd like you to tell me The Undertaker's favourite hobby. Is it A, building caskets? Is it B, engraving tombstones? Is it C, competitive grave digging, or is it D, Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> Wilborn would know if it was Dungeons and Dragons, wouldn't he? That's his, <laughs> his own secret talent. But, I mean, this is a coin flip. If you have a three-sided coin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, competitive grave digging. It is not competitive grave digging. That was actually his favourite sport. Oh, poor <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> I was sure what his favourite sport was because every time you see him on TV, he's always wearing some team colours, but it's always blue. Um, I'll go with A, I think. Building caskets? Yes. It is A. Yes. Engraving tombstones was his secret talent, and Dungeons and Dragons is his favourite video game. I need you know, a lifetime Undertaker fan would pay off eventually. <laughs> love the guy, love him. What the hell's going on? <laughs> What's up with Mark? So moving on, question five. It's 3-1 to Hamlet. I would like you to tell me Bret Hart's favourite cartoon character. Is it A, Richie Rich, B, Daffy Duck, C, Droopy the Dog, or D, Elmer Fudd? <laughs> Hamlet. Yes. I really desperately wanted it to be the version of myself in The Simpsons. <laughs> However, because <laughs> it. it's not Brock Lesnar, because he wasn't even on Simpsons. Um, I'll, go with, I'll go with Elmer Fudd. It is not Elmer Fudd. That was actually the British Bulldog's favourite cartoon uh, character. Happy birthday, Brett. I'm sorry I let you down. Sorry. <laughs> so I'll go for the other most morose character on this, go for Droopy. It was not Droopy. That was Shawn Michaels' favourite cartoon character. Well, it would have been Val Venus's. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was actually Daffy Duck. Of wow. course. Oh, Richie Rich was Hunter Hearst Helmsley's favourite cartoon character, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, Bret Hart also listed his favourite band as U2. So, good for you. Hello. So, I mean, Maureen. That's good Question six. Question six. It's still three ones at Hamlet. Uh, so this is all about Rocky Maivia. So this is pre pre the Rock. So this is pure babyface Rocky Maivia. And we're going back to his hobbies. So I'd like you to tell me which one of these is not one of Rocky Maivia's hobbies. Is it A, reading quotes? Is it B, cooking? Is it C, working out? Or is it D, light tackle saltwater fishing? <laughs> Like, like, light tackles got to be from the Valvinus one. <laughs> um, Hamlet. I'll say cooking because he was working in Memphis and they only get to eat raw potatoes there. So it is cooking. It's actually his secret talent. Piece of trash. <laughs> Four one to Hamlet. Still time though. Uh, okay, number seven. Three questions left. So this question is all about hawk and animal, uh, but this one's a little bit different because they both answered the questions. So I'd like to tell me you to tell me which one said this, either hawk or animal said this. So who, who said their person that they would most like to meet was Albert Einstein? 
<laughs> they both strike me as the, the kind of guys who would have really great conversations with Albert Einstein. <laughs> um, Andy, Hawk. It was Hawk. Hey, he had the best promos. There you go. <laughs> uh, Animal actually wanted to meet Steven Spielberg. Fair play. Uh, yeah. Animal also listed his favourite food as meat and his favourite fast food as drive-in meat. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you got to get that protein, man. <laughs> rolls up to the window. Can I have some mince, please? <laughs> Cooked? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Meat. I love that. So it's four two to Hamlet, and question eight. This one, this one's for Hamlet, surely. This one's all about Diesel. Get in. Get in. So. If Diesel could have done his life differently, as in like not become a wrestler, what would he have done? Would he have A, become a singer? Would he B, not change a thing? Would he C, gone to medical school? Or would he have D, been a couch potato? I'm B, Hamlet. I want to say B, because before you'd even give me the options, I just thought, if I'm Diesel, I'm not changing a goddamn thing. Like Kevin Nash, <laughs> Kevin Nash nailed it right out the door. So I don't even know the right answer, but I want to say B because I want it to be true. It is not B. Ah. Murray goes I'm going to say because it falls in line with his general philosophy in pro wrestling, which I admire to the end of the earth. Uh, couch potato. <laughs> it's not being a couch oh. potato. Being a couch potato was actually his favorite hobby. Yes. <laughs> that stacks up. Love <laughs> 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 you, Kev, but geez. <laughs> he would have, in fact, gone to medical school, of course. I would like throw myself off a tree or something to break my leg so I could go into that hospital. <laughs> Thought me out, big sexy. He also listed singing as his secret talent because he can sing like Robert Goulet. There you go. Apparently. I think he did a, I think he did a national anthem at WrestleMania once. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still 4-2 to Hamlet. There's two questions left. You can still bring it back for a draw, Mary. So question right. nine. Here we go. This one's all about mankind. And this is like Paul Bearer era Mankind. Um, so I'd like you to tell me which one of these is not one of Mankind's hobbies. Is it A, pathology? Is it B, poetry? Is it C, cooking? Or is it D, recreational dentistry? Cooking. It's not cooking. Cooking was one of his hobbies. Bombs. Uh... <laughs> the thing is, if I say like our oh, recreational dentistry, it implies that like he takes his pathology really seriously, doesn't it? Like I do like, picking away at dead bodies. I'll go with recreational dentistry. It is recreational dentistry. <laughs> recreational dentistry was actually his favourite sport. Oh gosh, how could it be sport if it's recreational, mankind? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Come five, on. five, two, go <laughs> here. I can also say that he also listed um, embalming and taxidermy as his other hobbies. Got quite a lot of hobbies, Mankind. Yeah, a creepy guy, man. Oh, and he listed his favourite food as chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that that character was maybe a little bit unhinged, guys. Nearly <laughs> uh, five years working here trying to redress the narrative on the new generation. Phil's destroyed it in one course. <laughs> <laughs> The guys ate chipmunks and meat. <laughs> so it's 5 2 to Hamlet, but it's all just for fun. And I'd like you to tell me this is my favorite one of all of these reading through them. This one is all about Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'd like you to tell me Stone Cold's favorite actress. Is it A, Meryl Streep? Is it B, Sandra Bullock? Or is it C, Jodie Foster? Or is it D, he doesn't have one? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually I've read this Austin profile before uh, when it went viral, but I cannot for the life of me remember which one it is. I'll take a punt. Okay. Uh, was he kind of in the middle of trying to like keep the serial killer element of the Stone Cold gimmick alive in this, as well as being like, I don't like anything. I'm going to go with Jodie Foster based on the links to Silence of the Lambs. It's not Jodie Foster. That was the one, two, three kids' favourite actress. Ah. 
obviously. Damn it. Barry? I'm going to go for the Michael Owen option. Uh, he doesn't like any actresses because he doesn't like films. <laughs> Correct. Hey. But, but his reason was not because he doesn't like films. <clears throat> I will read out his full quote. Uh, I don't have any favourite actresses. Chicks can't act worth a spit. <laughs> I mean, he oh. says that, but he's not seen the chicks that are forced to hang out with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> so, so congratulations, Hamlet. You know the most about WWF wrestlers' personalities. I had a great time writing this quiz, i got to say. I do want to read out, actually, some of Stone Cold's thing because it's absolutely incredible. Yes, please. Uh, his favourite band, uh, he listened to Slayer before he had to throw his stereo against the wall because a Michael Bolton music marathon came on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Product of the night. <laughs> um, the, what was the other ones? Uh, his favourite athlete is himself, obviously. His favourite yep. sport is, there's, there's no other sport besides wrestling where you're allowed to leave a man's arm hanging by a single muscle. So, cool. Um, his... If he could have done it differently, what would he have done? He would have been born without a heart. <laughs> How's that going to work? <laughs> His favourite cartoon character is Shawn Michaels. Good. Good. That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> uh, his favourite food is anything raw and bloody and hard to chew. <laughs> Good animal. Go and, go and get him doing the meat run. Has he been hanging out with mankind and what <laughs> Like... <laughs> His favourite fast food is, I don't eat fast, Stone Cold eats slow and methodical. God. Oh, really savouring the taste of that uncooked pigeon. Very <laughs> <good>. <laughs> uh, his secret talent is he can plant a man's head where the sun doesn't shine. How's that for a talent, son? Son is in capital letters there. <laughs> it's not a secret, is it? It's... <laughs> Uh, his favourite video game, I don't have time to play with no stupid Donkey Kong when there are real bleeps that are waiting to be kicked around. I don't know what's bleeped, it's just a bunch of like expletive letters and exclamation marks. And my favourite one, his hobby, <laughs> is driving around in his car while laughing at the homeless people and the nine to five working class bums. Jesus Christ! <laughs> How do you like your taste of the good life, you sacker? <laughs> so the Stone Cold character was almost very different. <laughs> Christ, I can't imagine that getting over. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing can follow that, can it? <laughs> shall we just shall we just end the call? <laughs> Please tell us uh, your favourite weird made-up facts about Steve Austin at what culture WWE on Twitter, where you can find all of us. You can find Phil Chambers at. Fill my chambers. Find <laughs> Andy Murray at at Andy H Murray. The H stands for look. You're not getting. You've already had two from me today. You're not getting. <laughs> when you enter the third territory, that's when you have to start paying me, listener. <laughs> Shut up and do your homework. And you can follow me at Michael Hamflick, where later on I'll be showing pictures of my cooked chipmunk that I'll be having for tea. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this week's Wrestle Culture. We promise Alan Wilborn will be back next week, and we will see you soon. What you could wrestling. Be. 